Hello and welcome to The Final Whistle. I'm Kenzie Benali. And I'm Steve Forbes. Well, it does finish 3-1 to Wolves at Molyneux today. Uh, plenty of late drama in that one. And with us to talk all about it, we're rejoined by former Saints captain Dean Hammond and Premier League reporter Paul Belveston. Um, great to have you back with us, guys. Dean, we'll come to you first. What did you make of that performance today? I think some some disappointment at the result, um, some frustration from the result as well. I don't think Wolves were a clear 3-1 winners today. Um, I thought Southampton first half dominated the game and played very, very well and uh, and had opportunities. I think they had nine corners in, in the first half, maybe five in the first six or seven minutes. So started the game very, very brightly, um, had opportunities. The penalty, I know, I know we're going to come on and discuss that, but... 50-50 decision for, for myself. Um, but Salasu's header in the first half, great save by Saar. Um, Teller's opportunity, would it have been offside or not offside? I don't know. So at halftime, I think uh, I think Ralph would have been okay. Disappointed that they were winning 1-0 down, but okay with the performance. Um, made the change at halftime. Um, brought Shea Adams on, changed the shape. Didn't really work, um, to be honest, for for the majority of the second half. And then for the last 15 minutes, we had a really entertaining game. Um, fantastic free kick from, from James Ward-Prowse. Um, to, well, Wolves obviously went 2-0 up as well and a little bit of indecision from Fraser Forster, I think, there. But like I say, brilliant free kick from James Ward-Prowse. And, and Southampton almost got themselves back into the game with some brilliant play with with uh, um, Adam Armstrong, Stuart Armstrong. And, and probably the first time we saw um, Bednarak get further down the field in an attacking position when he went to, to right back with a brilliant cross and then Perro with the head over. So you almost think there's a 2-2 draw and then again at the end, just, you know, on the break, um, Wolves get that third goal. So I think some disappointment, um, a couple of errors, indecision, individual errors from, from, from the players in important moments in the game um, and just unfortunate, I think. Yeah, Belvis, it did look like we could claw our way back into it after that James Ward-Prowse free kick. It wasn't to be today, though. What did you make of that performance? Yeah, I was really quite flat with about 10 minutes to go. Thought, you know, Wolves have, we talked about how organised, well-drilled and solid they are. But, you know, they were without Roman Sace and Ruben Neves, who are two of their stalwarts, their ever-presence, really. And I thought after Tuesday night against Brentford, I thought, Right, this is this is going to be quite exciting, you know. Momentum, the you know, chests out. Southampton are, are really going to give this a go, and and there were some very positive signs. First half, that second half, though, it it all just sort of um, seemed to disappear suddenly. It's one of those frustrations that always comes unless you support a Manchester City or a Liverpool. Every other team in the in the division just can't find that consistency and Southampton have these these spells and these these games where you do sort of wonder where is it all going to come from and then suddenly that last 10-15 minutes it all all caught fire and uh, yeah it would have been how different the feeling would have been if we were sitting here having nicked a 2-2 draw after I've never seen uh, Prousey hit a free kick like that we're used to him sort of curling him in the top corner I don't know if everyone watching this has managed to see the game and see the goals but whatever you're doing track that one down and watch it over and over and over again because Jose Sars a cracking goalkeeper he was nowhere near it fantastic goal but wasn't enough because yeah Wolves went down the other end and uh, with Southampton throwing bodies forward looking to try and get something you can't blame them for that I think the first two goals were pretty preventable, though. 
Well, before we talk about the game in a bit more detail, here's how it panned out, courtesy of BBC Radio Solent. Southampton, not surprisingly, maybe, are unchanged from the team that beat Brentford 4-1 on Tuesday. And then too much time, Teller wanted. Podent could have shot, found Jimenez, and then the half challenge. Is it a penalty? A second challenge? Is that a penalty? The ball out for a Wolves corner. Here goes the call. The referee says it's a penalty to Wolves. I, I, I said the second challenge, Adam. Steps up, jittery, right-footed, sends force to the wrong way. Redmond into Romeo in the box. Romeo drills it to the back post. Great oh, What a save that is. Save from Saar. Perro. Perro again looks to get across and it's bounced. Oh, and Teller's missed it. Then it comes in from Jan Bednarik. Headed up in the air by... Uh, Brozier not dealt with very well by Wolves Saints appeal for a clumsy challenge from Wolves out from the left out Nori hangs it very high Forster came and goes back and it's headed past him off the post and then nodded in by Connor Cody and it's 2-0 to Wolves and Fraser Forster had a nightmare Ward-Prowse he is going to have a dart it's a wonderful wonderful goal from James Ward-Prowse out of absolutely nowhere Bednarek crosses back post Paro heads it onto the post and Stuart Armstrong stubs the rebound into the ground Traore's only got to square it or he might go himself here he goes 3-1 now he's scored well one of the biggest talking points did come in the first half with uh, a VAR awarded penalty it seemed to take an age to get that final decision we'll get both of your thoughts on this Uh, Dean how did you see it? It's difficult for me, Steve, because I see it from a player's point of view and I'm a, a little bit biased towards the, the, the players, if I'm honest. I can see why the penalty is given. I can see why the rule box, rule box, rule book, sorry, that the why it was given in terms of um, the officials. Um, but from my point of view, when Bednarek actually makes the foul and has contact with the player, the Wolves player, I can't remember it was, is not actually attempting to strike the ball, not actually attempting to get a shot away at goal. He's in the vicinity of Bednarek and they, there is contact 100%. So technically you could say it was a foul, but I don't think he's actually going to score. So I don't think Bednarek prevents him from, from a goal scoring opportunity. That would be my opinion. That would be my disappointment. And the second thing, we ju- we've just kind of discussed it off air that, you know, when the referee makes a decision who doesn't give the penalty, he actually gives a corner after a couple of good tackles from the Southampton players, that then VAR reviews it. And I was, I believe VAR only asks the referee to go to the monitor if it's a clear and obvious decision that he's made wrong. Now, VAR have looked at it probably from five or six different angles and taken two or three minutes. So, I don't see how that's clear and obvious. Clear and obvious would be one review, maybe from two different angles, ask the referee to go and review it from the monitor and allow him to see it again. So I think that's the frustration and disappointment. From a player's point of view, I think it's soft, but also I can understand why, from the rule books, why it's given. Yeah, Paul, it, it, it was hard to see watching from home whether Bednarek did make any contact with the boy ever so slightly before um, clashing with the Wolves player. Um, and I suppose Dean touched on it there. It, it, is it clear and obvious that he's made, a, he's made an error in not giving the penalty to begin with? I think the problem was that it was kind of in two stages from Jan Bednarek, wasn't it? He he grazed the ball the first time and then second time he took out the player. Now, if he had connect with it, connected with it properly first time and then taken out the player afterwards, that wouldn't have been a penalty. And then it led to one of those situations where you just, 
you're never gonna as the officials you're never going to please both sides both sides are never going to end up happy because one is ferociously screaming that it's a penalty absolutely convinced the other side convinced it isn't i think it was careless from jan bednarek and unfortunately that's a word in the um in the ifab rule book in a in a challenge like that it was if he'd connected with it properly the first time it wouldn't have been a penalty and then as far as the clear and obvious thing and sending the referee to the monitor there's been a lot talked about in the last couple of weeks really about you know why do they even bother sending the referee to the monitor because as soon as that happens you know the decision's going to be overturned i'm convinced it's more of a the var saying to the on-field referee we think that is a penalty mate go and have a look so you can explain to the players on the pitch mm. why we're why we're changing your mind kind of thing i don't know if that's an official explanation but i'm i think that's the way it does seem to be heading because you never see a referee go over to the monitor and then say nope do you know what i'm going to stick with my decision and it's so frustrating when you are seeing those five or six angles you're seeing them played over and over and over again it's more frustrating for the traveling fans for all the fans in the molyneux stadium who didn't have a clue what was going on they just had a a, a slate on the big screen that said checking pos- possible penalty it's a system that really does need to be improved i think for for all sorts of reasons if you're watching something for two or three minutes do you really need to overturn it it's not an obvious mistake in that case for me yeah, it's certainly an interesting one, isn't it? Uh, well, Dean, there was a challenge on Romeo in the penalty area at the start of the second half. What were your thoughts on that one? Well, when it happened, I shouted foul. And I think uh, the frustration with that incident is that anywhere else on the pitch, it, it's a foul. It, you would be given the foul because um, Oro gets to the ball first and then afterwards there's contact and he goes down. I think the difference in, in that moment, it didn't lead to an, another action. Um, I think the ball was cleared very, very easily. Um, also, I believe, and this is not right, but I think there was no pressure from the Southampton players. There was no appeal. There was no surrounding the referee. Now, I'm not calling for that to happen. I don't think that's necessary, but I don't think the referee had a decision to make, if that makes sense. He could just quite easily and comfortably get on with the game without anyone questioning his decision. Even Ora Romero didn't really make a, 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 a fuss of it, really. So it's an interesting one because it is a foul. You know, he gets to the ball first, his contact, he's kicked, he goes down. It's definitely a foul. The problem is it's in a penalty area and it turns into a really, really big decision, which the referee was never really going to get because he's not under pressure to make a different decision. So I think that would be soft as well, if I'm honest. But anywhere else on the pitch, it is a free kick. Yeah, well, Paul, uh, Connor Cody got Wolves' second goal um, in somewhat bizarre circumstances when Fraser Forster kind of got caught in two minds. How did you see that one? Well, I, I like Fraser Forster a lot. I've spent a little bit of time with him, had some good chats with him. He's got a cracking sense of humour. I, I really do like the bloke, but I think he should have done better with both goals, to be honest. I think the penalty, he moved very early and... Raul Jimenez, his mind was made up. He, he could just slot it in very calmly and compose the other side because um, Fra- because he, he psyched Fraser Forster out, I think, as much as anything. He, he waited as lo- long as he needed to. Down went Forster. The second goal, again, definitely at fault. It's a free kick from the, from the left-hand side and he comes out into no man's land. And that is always going to put the defenders off. 
even though he's hesitated and he's he's changed his mind, decided not to come and try and claim it or punch it or whatever, those defenders are seeing this giant coming towards them and thinking, right, he's he's coming to to clear this all out. As soon as as soon as he stopped, as soon as he paused and hesitated, you knew that uh, I think was it Max Kilman who had a fantastic game. He was going to get the header. It was lucky that that didn't go in directly, hit the post, and uh, Connor Cody followed in. And uh, you know we, we were nearly saved, weren't we, by uh, Jimenez blocking it just over the line. But you know it was it was off Southampton's own making, really. You know there were there were a few soft free kicks given away. There was a mistake by the goalkeeper, and yeah, I, th- I think I think both of those goals. I've said about Bednarek should have uh, connected properly, trying to clear for the penalty. Again, they could have done a lot better as a as a team at the back for the for the second goal, really. Well, time to hear from those of you watching along at home now. Uh, plenty of comments coming in to us. Thanks for those. Um, Jay has got in touch. Jay Davis, he says, good performance. Very unlucky today not to take the points. Uh, what a free kick by Prousey. The absolute screamer, understandably, a few ones on that. Uh, Russ Ward says, unlucky lads. Thought we were the better team, but didn't convert chances. And one from Peter here. Great free kick from Prousey. It was pretty special, wasn't it? Uh, we do have to talk about that. We certainly joined enjoyed watching that one here uh dean you know his 12th now could that be his best yet i think it has to be i think it's exceptional i think paul's already said you know the way he's hit it i've never seen prowse take a free kick like that usually he changes the angle there's more curl on it um uh, and it was a long way out i'm thinking no, i'm not sure he's going to strike it from here i think Correct me if I'm wrong, but this season he scored a goal against Newcastle from a similar distance, not a similar technique, but a similar distance. Um, and he just runs up straight to it. So as he's, he's approaching the ball, I'm thinking, no, he's going to deliver this to one of the uh, defenders or attacking players in the box that's going to make a run. But I mean, what a technique and what a strike and, and the power as well. It's almost like a knuckleball, like Ronaldo used to hit it. He's won against, I think it was against Portsmouth years ago when he hit one and went into the top corner against David James. But I mean, Saar had a fantastic game and is a really, really good goalkeeper, but couldn't get anywhere near it because of the pace and the accuracy. So top corner, but it has to be his, his best free kick because it was, it's so special. And I've never seen him take one like that. And if James Ward-Prowse has taken a free kick like that, that means he's probably hit that hundreds, thousands of times in training. That's not a fluke. That's just not off the cuff from him. So no, brilliant strike and <laughs> unfortunately it comes in a defeat, but it, it has to be watched and it has to be viewed and you know, he has to be one of the best free kick takers, you know, that the Premier League's ever seen because he, he can score all different types of free kicks, as he's shown. Yeah, it was an absolutely outstanding finish. It won't be long before he matches or breaks Beckham's record. But that wasn't the end of the, the drama in the game, Paul, because Roman Perro almost equalised with a header that kind of hit in between the bar and the post um, before Adama Traore went down the other end and put it to bed in, in a dramatic end to the game. Yeah, I was a little bit critical of Roman Perot at the start or before the previous game. He's really impressed me the last couple. He uh, he had a shot with his right foot cutting inside in the first half that uh, forced a save from Jose Sarr. That header, I mean, he'd done pretty much everything right, hadn't he? And was again, Sarr, who's been so impressive all through this Premier League season, ever since he signed from uh, four Wolves, again, he was well beaten. And it was just that, little bit of luck, not on Southampton's side. Earlier on in the first half, Mamisilasu up he rises, 
four or five yards out from a corner. Great header and Saar somehow claws it away. If you're going to be really picky, he could perhaps have picked a slightly different direction or or hit it lower or whatever. But it was one of those days where Southampton, the stats will show Southampton had a, a lot of attempts on target, but I think most of them were very comfortable. And then suddenly the game came alight thanks to Prowse's free kick. That pressure nearly, nearly told. And, and you know, they were all pouring forward. There were some some nearly chances where, again, another little touch didn't quite work out. But but Wolves looked rattled and Wolves have looked so confident and composed at the back against the biggest teams in the country this season. They haven't looked rattled like that for a, for a long time. Unfortunately, it was too little too late. But, you know, it gave us a, a little bit of optimism and a little bit of enjoyment at the end before ultimately the final whistle um, and no points to come back to Southampton with. Well, let's hear from Ralph Hassenhutel now. Here's what the Saints boss had to say after the game. Uh, absolutely, I think, because um, we had more chances in the end than they had, definitely. And uh, because of the, the two situations with, with, with uh, VR decisions, a penalty for them and not penalty for us in the, in the second half, you can explain the difference. I haven't seen it. So we have played the ball, they didn't. And uh, it was for me a clear penalty when you look at it and again, it's, that's the disappointing part. And then uh, never stopped uh, fighting for the result. And then after Krause's unbelievable free kick, another chance from Romero where he has to make the goal there. This is the thing what we have to, to complain that we have the chances and either the goalkeeper made good saves or we, have, we haven't found the back of the net. But uh, yeah, we tried everything. Well, as always, we march on and we do welcome the league leaders to St Mary's next. Uh, Dean, what are your early, early thoughts ahead of that one? Well, no bigger tests, really. Uh, Man City, what are they now? 11 wins in a row, maybe 12, I think. Top of the league, 10, 13 points clear. So a fantastic team with, with amazing players. But let's go back to the performance that Southampton put in against Man City earlier in the season. That nil-nil draw that I think they should have won, should have had a penalty um, in that game. Um, really, really good performance. And... and Southampton generally play well against Man City. You know, tactically, they get it right. Ralph usually gets it right the way they press. They don't allow Man City to settle. Um, but it's going to be interesting because Southampton have to be at their best. You, you have to when you play Man City because of the players they have, the attacking threat they have, defensively so, so strong. So, look, the last home game, we beat Brentford 4-1. You know, a really convincing victory. So take that confidence in there. I'm sure the atmosphere would be great and we'd be looking forward to the game. Yeah, it's a huge one, isn't it? But as you say, we do seem to have uh, a pretty good history in terms of performances against Manchester City. We always seem to uh, really take the game to them. Belvis, what are your early thoughts ahead of, of that game here? That winning run, it is 12 games in a row in the Premier League, 12 wins in a row. It's got to come to an end at some stage, hasn't it? They can't just keep winning every game. So, yeah, Southampton are the team to, to end it. You know, I'm sure we'll see Shea Adams' goal against them from a couple of seasons ago. Many, many times on a loop in the build-up to this one, it's... It's a shame in some ways the timing of the game. City have got a full week to prepare. They've got no European distractions or anything like that, which is always uh, quite handy. But I don't think Southampton need anything to be going wrong in the City camp ahead of this game. They have got those options again. You know, they had quite a quick turnaround from Brentford to Wolves, didn't they? Now, Ralph has got a week to prepare. He's, he's you know, City have won all these games. The last couple, they've not been right at their level you know they, they beat 
Leeds, they put seven past Leeds a couple of weeks ago, didn't they? And, and, and scored six against Leicester. But since then, you know, Arsenal showed that they're, they're a team that can be got at. I didn't see the Chelsea game today, but again, it was only a narrow win. You know, they are, they are not invincible by, by any means. Southampton have shown in the past that um, they can live with them. They can cause them a lot of trouble, a lot of problems. And I expect them to do the same again. And, and you know, we, uh, we saw some of the new owners, I think, was it two of the three new owners at the, uh, at the game against Brentford? I think they'll probably be a bit of a, a, you know, more of a formal, you know, let's welcome the new owners event, which will really get the crowd going. The atmosphere will be properly uh, pumping and you never know what might happen. Who would have predicted Shea Adams' goal those those two seasons ago? It doesn't even need a spectacular strike like that. Southampton can pull something out, I think. Now, we're certainly looking forward to it. Dean and Paul, thank you so much uh, for your contributions today on Saints Live and on the final whistle. Well, Southampton's unbeaten run does come to an end today at Molyneux with a 3-1 defeat to Wolves. We'll be back on the 22nd of January when Manchester City are the visitors to St Mary's. It's a 5.30 kickoff for that one. So we'll have Saints Saints Live with you from 4.15. Enjoy your weekend and we'll see you then.